I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Lineals Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And it's the voice that makes you moist, Marcus. There he is. <laughs> you know what's making me moist the today? The bark. By the way. What? I'm getting real moist over something. Y'all know what it is? Is what? it my voice? It's Elizabeth Warren. Oh. Really? And do you know why? Why? Tell I feel like why. she's a little old for you, but okay. Listen, I got a thing. I'm like, I'm like Macron. I have a thing for old. No, anyways, uh, <laughs> she just released her plan to erase all student debt. <gasps> well, I, I wet my jeans I'm, as well. I'm, I'm down with that because that's like a good ninety percent of what I owe to this world is my student debt. Make all college free as part of it, and then also erase all student debt. Nice. Which is, a, uh, uh, you know, Bernie has gone for the free college thing, but he has not yet endorsed um, the idea of canceling student debt. So I feel like this is an important step that we're finally getting a mainstream politician to say that. Yeah. I've got a pretty good plan to erase student debt. Okay. Erase Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and then just use whatever is left over to pay for everybody else. Erase Sally Mae and just say, hey, guess what? You're fucked. Like, get out of here. Oh my god, Sally May. I mean, there's been so many, there's like so many memes about how it's like, you know, bad stuff happens every day. If, if anybody is looking for something to do, here's the address of Sally May. Just take them down for me. It'd be fucking nice, wouldn't it? Because it's true. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast before, but I mean, I'm realizing it more and more every day, like, especially since I just got through one year of paying my student loans. I realize that paying them does nothing. Because you, like, let's say in a year you pay, like, $2,000, whatever your monthly payment is. Over a year you pay $2,000, let's say that. You're actually paying, like, like 1600 of interest and 400 of what you're actually paying. Yep. Yeah. The interest never goes away and the debt never goes down unless you're able to pay in big lump sums, which obviously most people aren't. So it, it's, just a, it's just another form of, it's just another rent we have to pay. It's another form of, of capitalist slavery. And it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty daunting on most people every day. You know what's funny, by the way, about that is I went back to the, to the foundational text of, of capitalism. You know, Adam Smith, and Adam Smith warns against this very thing happening. He's like, we cannot let society become a society of renting. It's like if we do that, that is going to sap the productive powers. Of, of the citizenry and capitalism will stagnate because everyone be too busy paying rent on various things. So don't do it. And what do we do? <laughs> Said yeah. F that. I want more money. <laughs> I mean, if the ultimate goal of, co- of, of capitalism is that, you know, there's a free market and people are able to, you know, vote with their dollar on goods and services, I mean, people have to have the dollar for that vote to even count. 
and when you know you have to pay for you know health insurance, you know, uh, fucking student loan, rent, all that stuff. Every car month payment, eats, car payment eats away like you know seventy, eighty percent of your monthly income. You don't have any dollars to vote with. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we I feel like we just need to like just start advertising for just like a global strike against like everything like don't pay your rent don't pay anything just yes, keep I your think, money in your pocket and fuck everybody <laughs> i think debt strike would be one of the more effective things that we could do as a society the only problem much like with all forms of effective striking is would be getting enough people on board that and when they roll out the fucking boot the bootlickers of capitalism the fucking cops and the military start cracking skulls yeah. Until you start paying your fucking shit again. But here's the thing, right? The idea of debt forgiveness is not some crazy out there thing because we have historical records which are like in the ancient sort of like river kingdoms in Mesopotamia and then you know throughout all of human civilization, rulers of these places practiced what they called a debt jubilee, which was like every 10 years, all debts got wiped clean. Nobody had any more debt. Nothing was, was being fucking collected on anymore. And so everybody started a clean slate. And it was like the only way to make a society which had huge amounts of debt work is just occasionally just say no more debt. Back to zero for everybody. And they kept going. It worked just fine. It had improved things for everybody. Yeah, I think we're not far off. And this might be a pretty cool. We, have, we might be not far off from a system where um, we have like a Hunger Games every month or so where like... Twelve people get to fight each other, and the winner, the person, the last person alive, gets their student loan debt erased. And, <laughs> yes. and it's a win-win for everybody because the winner gets their student loan debt, and the losers get to die. And those are pretty much equally freeing things these days. <laughs> Have you seen the video of the guy who's holding a gun in the middle of the street, and he's like, "It's a fake gun, it's like a news thing." He's like, "I want to pretend to like to like rob somebody," and he walks up to a guy and he's like, "I point this gun at you and I say, give me all your money. What do you do?'" And the guy says, "I wouldn't give it to you." And the guy says, "Why?" And the, guy, the dude replies, "Because I don't want to live anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I've seen lots of articles that are like, why are millennials, why do they joke so much about, like, suicide and, like, not wanting to live anymore? And I'm like, well, because we yeah. up their eyeballs in debt. <laughs> yeah. Life just That's ain't worth living. <laughs> That's something I realized at my old job was, like, me, there's, I had one coworker. We made jokes about fucking how fucking cool death was all the time <laughs> and how death was just, like, the best thing that could happen to a person. And this one lady we worked with who was, like, older than us, she was, like, you know, like, mid-40s, she was shocked and appalled every time we made these jokes. She was like, how can you guys say this stuff? And we're just like, I mean, hey, you, I guess you live in a, you, you live in a better uh, economic scenario than the two of us. Oh, man. Yeah, Gen Xers don't understand at all. They're just like, oh, things are great. We're going to we're gonna fix all this. Or thing. I'm good for me. I got my retirement plan and shit. It's like, fuck exactly. you. Exactly. I don't have student loans. <laughs> um, my cars are paid for. All that stuff. My summer home was almost paid for. Oh, life's wonderful. Yeah. They have a home they <laughs> own. Oh, yeah. That's, that's completely out of reach for most millennials. Yeah. I'd say almost all millennials who don't already have money. It's like, you know how you ever watch those shows on HGTV, like like Fixer Upper or like House Hunters or some shit? Yeah. 
Yeah. And you watch it. That's that now pure fucking fantasy. Yeah, no it's more time. fantasy than Game of Thrones, honestly. <laughs> Game of Thrones is more fucking realistic because the White Walkers are climate change and everybody else is the rest yeah. of the world can't get their shit together. House Hunters will never happen for me or you, yeah. ever. I, I saw this great meme one time that was like, on this episode of House Hunters, uh, this couple where the, the wife is a caterpillar breeder and the husband's a stay-at-home astronaut trying to find a house <laughs> for $6 million. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's how every episode is. It's a joke, but they're like rich pe- rich kids' kids. Like That's what they, who they are. They're the, the children of rich people. Exactly. Like, they and have just... to be. And they'd sit there and talk about countertops. And it's like, there's bigger things going on. Mm-hmm. Gotta have marble dying. countertops, you know. Mm-hmm. But that marble, man. Ooh, yeah, it's but so some smooth. people on the show prefer granite, actually. I forgot. Oh, so. Fuck those people. They're heretics. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like oh, we have $600,000. We're looking to get a place that has three bedrooms, ten minutes from a train station. We'd also like a, a big backyard. Like, what the fuck are we, what do you, what fantasy world do you live in where you have $600,000 to spend on a fucking house? Yeah. Where do you, where, do you, where is this happening? Let me so get that person's job. I know. Like, what, honestly, what do they do? And it's like, it's always something like, oh, they, uh, they look at their, uh, they run a hedge fund. It's definitely not owned by their parents. <laughs> But here's a good here's a good thing, y'all, uh, or interesting thing. So some people have taken notice of Elizabeth Warren's plan to cancel the debt. Uh, one person said that it will be a slap in the face to everyone who has already paid their student loans. Cool. Let's start slapping. I don't care. Right. <laughs> they had the money to do that. Whoop de yeah. do. We don't. You take a slap. You'll be all right. I mean, I paid off most of my student loans. If you canceled the last uh, couple grand, I would be like, uh, sure. Do you want to get paid more? I mean, yeah, it'd be nice, but fuck it. I don't care. Just get rid of the debt I have. And you know what's weird? I'm in this weird, like, forgiveness program. So it sounds really sketchy because they want you to pay $200 a month for six months. And then after that, you pay, like, $40 a month until it's forgiven. I mean, my payment is down to $40 a month, but I'm, it's still really sketchy. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't... I mean, I'll be open about it. My, my payment for my student loan is $330 every month. Holy fuck. Jesus, yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Mine's $137 um, a month. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, I spend that money every month. And at the end of the year, I realized I really only paid like two to $300 off my student loan. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't have any forgiveness programs or anything um, because uh, even though I, even, even though, you know, don't live, you know, not, not kind of alive, we don't have like, we're not a high class family. We're, not, we're like very much lower than middle classes. Middle class doesn't exist anymore. Even that, we, we make too much money for uh, loan forgiveness programs. So. Well, you do that intentionally. Yeah. They intentionally set those numbers to be just fucking right so that most people can't use it. Yeah, they find, like, the median for, like, your area and then put it, like, a little bit lower than that. And then it's like, yeah, you're fucked. And the net effect of that is the same, the same thing they do with welfare and food stamps and whatnot is they set it at just the right number to where it locks out a certain number of the population, the ones who are more likely to vote. So they'll vote against it in the future. They'll get rid of those politicians and, and change those policies because they're envious of... Of you know people who are basically in poverty. Yeah, they're they're envious of <coughs> literal poor people. 
Like, so, question. Is this just in Georgia? What are you talking about? Like, um, this whole thing where they, like, try to keep it, like, out of your reach. Oh, because that's everywhere. That's, for, that's nationwide. Because y- you guys know I've been living in Pennsylvania for, like, the last, like, three years. Mm-hmm. And after I lost my job, it was insanely easy for me to get, like, unemployment in Pennsylvania. Oh, unemployment isn't hard. Isn't super hard to get. <sighs> no. Yeah, not that I know. Not that I know of. I know plenty of people who go on unemployment. Yeah, but like in Pennsylvania, it's so easy. It's just like, you know, fill out your information, check it on our like job website, sit back, get your money. I'm like, wow. Compared to here in Georgia, where you have to like look for three jobs like every week. Yeah. And they'll freaking like maybe give you like. $10 an hour worth of a check. It's it's actually insane. Now, this was the premise of an Always Sunny episode. Yes, it was. Because <laughs> it's super easy to get unemployment in, uh, in Pennsylvania, correct? Yep. Yeah. And so, I, I think that... And then they... Eventually, it runs out, though, is the problem, right? Eventually, it will yeah. run out for you. Mm-hmm. And they try to get on welfare. And that, they could not do. <laughs> Because, again, they set it at a a level that most people can't uh, get into. And the ones who can, historically, have been prejudiced against by the system in terms of racial inequality. So you're going to end up mostly with, with, you know, minorities living on welfare. And that prejudices the white majority who make too much to be on welfare because of systemic issues. Against that program, they see these folks as freeloaders who get handouts. And so, of course, what are they going to do? Vote for the guys who are against that. Wow. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Even though it's a helpful program that, that generally that genuinely does help people. Well, if that's the case, wouldn't, like, the... Just, what is it? What's it called? The IBM? Just like the international base minimum, everyone gets a check for whatever. Oh, and UBI. Oh, UBI. UBI. Okay, I said it wrong. Yeah, universal basic income. No, that's that's a, that's a word for it. I've heard I've heard IBM as well. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of that would, you know, that's something we're kind of striving for. Yeah, because because with that, like the people with money can't complain, and the people without it, you know, they're they're still getting their money to be active in society. So. My my issue with UBI that I've been over a couple of times, I think, maybe not on the show, um, is that if you just give... Like Andrew Yang, the guy running for president, wants to give every American $1,000 a month as yes. a check. And that is, that is a technocratic solution to the problem of automation. Basically saying, we'll pay you $1,000 to shut the fuck up and go away. And... That he just wants the, the underclass of, of, of poor people and really and everyone really to just take a thousand dollars and be be contented with that, and then not like agitate for more for more you know benefits or anything, and I don't know it just I, I'm not comfortable with that idea. It seems like it's a, it, it's a bad play. Yeah, in my opinion, universal basic income for me comes with also um, you know basically. Um, housing for all, no no um, rent payments, and um, job assurance. So, if there if there are jobs, people will have them. Where with they uh, we have to call we have to call a stop to automation at some point. Some things can be automated, but enough jobs need to be there for the people who need them. Um, and then once we can't automate everything, then universal basic income has to has to be 
beefed up a little bit, and everyone has to be able to live comfortably off of that. And just speaking as a communist, it does not actually solve the problem of capitalism because the means of production are still owned by, by private individuals, and they still can hold all the levers of power. So you would essentially just become a new class of... I mean, I don't know what you call it. Like, it's not even slavery because you're not even working for it. You're just being given this to, to not basically guilt to kill them while they get richer and, like, go to Mars and shit. And you're oh, left well, here with me, your thousand dollars. I guess I didn't mention this part of the plan. We are going to curb stomp all the billionaires. So, <laughs> I mean, we're going to get what's ours. We're also going to take it, though. So, I mean, I guess I didn't make that clear. Sorry. I guess I should have said you th- when you said there won't be any rents. I mean, yeah, there won't be. Yeah, I mean that's if to get rid of rent, you're gonna have to get rid of capitalism. Basically, there's no way around it. Like, yep, doesn't fucking matter because like, they are not gonna let go of that man. That free income every month, they love that shit. It's like student loans, it's like rents, car payments, all that shit. That's just free monthly income for them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that I know we talked about student loans, but man, rent is a fucking killer. No, they say um, now millennials spend two thirds of their income on rent. Uh, like on average. I know I spend at least I spend half of my monthly income yeah, on rent. About fifty percent, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yep. actually, almost exactly fifty percent of my. And it's supposed to be a third, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And even that is insane. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Should but be you go to like New York home. City, and you got eight people crammed into a four-person apartment, paying like a grand a month each. Yeah. Insanity. Like in some places, they're fucking sleeping in shifts. Mm. Yeah, no, there's not. There's even like people who work at like Google, like these software developers who make like six-figure salaries, but live in you know like pa- Palo Alto, California. Mm-hmm. They fucking they have a system where like. Two guys will have a one-person apartment, and one will work night shift, one will work day shift, and they'll just switch off um, and share the apartment every day, um, just so, just so they can pay for it. <clears throat> well, a while back, I saw this firm that wants to start building social house. They call it social housing in in uh, Silicon Valley. That would literally just be barracks for tech workers to live in. Sounds Just, like we work from Sorry to Bother You. It is, man. It's like we will offer you a shuttle straight from the barracks to your work. Like, here's your bunk bed, three high. Here's your communal bathroom. Nobody gets any fucking privacy. Oh, you want privacy? Pull your curtain and your bunk bed are closed. Yeah, fuck, what, they, what the what are, fuck? What do they do if they have, like, a wife? Like, a what kid? wife? <laughs> <laughs> the maternity ward. Your ass will be fucking alone. Are you kidding me? Are you alone is surrounded by a thousand people. Like, that's their plan. I mean, yeah, that's insane, though, because, yeah, people need, people have a right to, you know, live comfortably and privately if they want, and just do, I mean, I don't, there's no reason for this. There's no reason that, like, there shouldn't be this whole, like, property value idea. Like, you know, if, like, especially, like, the case we're just talking about, like, a software developer at Google or something working in California, they can't control that the job they have is in California. They can't control that their skill set and all that, you know, demands that kind of a job. They can't control any of that. So why should they be forced to pay all this money um, literally just to be there? Not anything else, not to eat, not to get to work, not anything, just to be in California. They're paying, they're making what would be an incredible salary somewhere else just to pay about 70% of it in rent. 
Yeah, man. And they and, don't have a choice. <clears throat> well, the, the thing to me is, I don't disagree with the idea of property value. I disagree with the idea of property being privately owned. Like, obviously some pieces of land, even in like the post-revolution, will be more valuable than others. But, the, but what we do with them should be determined by a democratic vote, not one person decides to do what they want with that, with that you know, property. You know, we should be building yeah. housing near workplaces, near places where people can shop and get their supplies, and near places where they can go and have recreation. And it should be just provided for people because that's, what's, that's what makes sense. Yeah, that's basic human things that every person should be entitled to. Because I'll say that once, I'll say it again. No one chooses to be born, so no one should have a cost associated with just being here. <laughs> should being the keyword. Well, that's the whole point: is is seizing control of that word should making it so. Like most likely through violently killing people. Exactly. I mean, the last <laughs> thing I'm going to make Elon Musk say before I make him bite the curb is should. <laughs> But I wanted to talk real quick about about this thing that I saw uh, in response to Elizabeth Warren's proposal from a guy named C.J. Pearson, who is a disgrace to Georgia. He is a Georgia person. He has set himself up to be uh, the millennial black conservative. He wears suits everywhere he goes, and uh, he's uh, of course he's from Georgia, and he just constantly spouts right wing talking points. Man, and millennial black conservative has to be the scariest mad lib I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a fucking, like, thin line to walk, too. Good lord. How yeah. do you maintain those three things all at once? Yeah, oh, it's... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want... I mean, he's a fucking psychopath. Like, listen to this. Um, why has no conservative think tank proposed a conservative solution to the student loan debt crisis? We can't just keep saying, sorry, it's your fault. That's not a winning strategy. That's how we ostracize young people. Like, I don't agree with Elizabeth Warren's proposal, but the only way to fight bad ideas is with good ideas. And our side has proposed no ideas on how to mitigate and remedy this issue. What's he finding? What? I can't what, what, what gymnastics is he doing here? What's he finding for? <laughs> he wants to know what is the right-wing solution to student debt crisis. How okay, do they so solve he's, it? Boys. So he's not a complete idiot. Well, he realizes there's a problem, but he wants to know what's the conservative way of fixing it. Well, yeah, there isn't one. Yeah, isn't like this the part where he tells us like what the idea is? No, he doesn't have one. So what the? F he wants to know why are there any? Why isn't there a conservative politician who's saying a solution to the student debt crisis? Why don't? Why do they have? Because one? they don't care. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Ding ding ding! <laughs> yeah, but I mean, very in a very weird way, he is making a point. Uh, a pretty valid point is that the conservatives don't have a plan because they don't want a plan. Because well, they don't think there's a problem. Yeah, the point he's making is we're fucked because we have no answer to this problem that is going to be a defining issue for the next generation. Like, so he, what he's saying is my side is my side's done. Like, get out of here. Yeah. He doesn't know that. That's what he's saying. See, he, he's saying all this because freaking his side thinks everything's working according to plan. Everything's great and good. Because they have all the money, and we don't. So, there's nothing to fix. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why, it's like, it's like asking yourself, it's like, why don't the people who are causing the problem want to fix it? Like, <laughs> the people who are profiting off it, why, it's like, you shot me, why aren't you doctoring me right now? Why, why aren't you putting a bandage on me, you sick son of a bitch? Like, 
Because you've yeah. got to pay for those bandages. It's like one of the the companies that make cancer treatments not want to find a cure for cancer. Exactly. Or fucking quadruple the price of the freaking medicine. Jesus. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, he wants to know what the solution is, and there is not a fucking solution, because they don't want there to be one. Like, that's that goes against their fucking entire business model. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, like you said, this is going to become a defining issue. Things like any kind of debt forgiveness, uh, especially student loans, um, with, with candidates like Warren and Bernie Sanders, people who actually want to try and help out... Um, current students and uh, people who are I guess graduates within the last 10 years or so um, it's definitely going to be a hot button issue and I think that's going to be one of the defining things that like if like if this guy says like if the conservatives don't come up with anything even some bullshit plan where they don't even actually do anything um, it's going to make them look a lot worse in the race which is a good yeah they have no solution and I feel like this is going to be a problem for them uh and they because they don't want to even acknowledge it, they don't want to deal with it, and it's it's good for them. This is this is actually this is their win state. They want it to be like this. Yeah, um, I can't imagine like them coming up with a, a student loan forgiveness plan that somehow only helps people who are like already rich. And their strategy is to just disenfranchise us to to the point where we they can't we can't win elections because they have captured the courts. They've captured the state-level legislatures, and they've changed the rules, like we saw here in Georgia when they stole the election from Stacey Abrams. Like, that's the fucking yeah. plan on how they're going to win. They don't have to get our votes. Just keep us from winning. Yep, gerrymandering is uh, pretty terrifying, actually. I've watched a video about how they actually gerrymandered and how you can take, like, a place where, like, you know, let's say that the like Democrats are winning by like ninety percent. You can take it and make it so that the Republicans win in a landslide. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty fucked up that that's just something you can do, and there's not really a whole lot of oversight on gerrymandering. Nope. Or redistricting. Also, we have a great take here from a guy named Joel Pavelski, who is a writer for GQ magazine, who said. Mm. I don't know if people are aware of this, but you could just not attend a college you can't afford. Mm. Guess what? There isn't a college I can't afford. Yeah, what college could someone go to on a minimum wage job for out of high school? What's that? What's that job? Look, what's that college look like? Yeah, like That's even really if you question. like, even if you do good and try and save during high school and try and work through it, and you go to like a community college, I mean, you're still. First of all, you're going to let's say you can't pay for community college. A lot of jobs these days don't care about community college degrees. They don't. Yep. They don't really even look at them unless. And those kind of jobs are the kind of jobs you can probably get just off of like, you know, in like a, a certification. So it is. It's not actually changing anything. Um, and yeah, if you go to even if you go to a state school, which the three of us did, I mean, it's still an exorbitant amount of money for a person to just somehow pay out of pocket. Oh yeah, and also. Okay, so I heard there's like a a program in New York. They'll they'll pay for your college, but you have to like stay in the city for five years and you know work in New York. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really great idea, but you know, let's say you get your degree, you get your job, and you work there for five years, you probably won't have enough money to like do anything, like move or or anything. <laughs> Yeah. So you're basically just jumping into the trap from like a different angle. It's, exactly. They it's try to, insane. 
landlock you in one of the most expensive places in the world. Have you seen this crazy new human investment college programs I got? Oh, um, this Whoa, is something what? that I've wanted to talk about because it is so mind-boggling to me that this even exists. It, so, do you need, so you want to explain this stuff? I mean, here's the thing. I don't fully understand it. All I know about it is that there's these uni, uni universities. I think there's like one in California and there's some other places where you pay your tuition by selling stock in your future. Mm-hmm. And that's all I know. So so this, honestly, to me, sounds like, and I, I, I'm going to quote the television show Rick and Morty when I say this, it sounds like slavery with extra steps. <laughs> it, yeah, you basically sell shares in your future and say, I will pay you this amount of money like if you'll pay for my, my, my college education, which makes it not that much different from student loans, except now a couple of companies own you, essentially. Yeah. And, it's and like, who knows? Who knows? And they can like, if there's no interest, they can set their own interest rate if they want. They can yep. set. Oh well, oh, we paid this. No. We can set. This, we paid you for this. This like back then, and now you can pay us this much now since you know times are different. Right. And it's like, oh, it says, oh, it's okay though. They can they, they they can adjust what you pay to your current income. So if you have no income, you need to pay. But that's only if they choose to do that. They can yeah. choose not to <laughs> Which do it. They too. won't. <laughs> Exactly. That's terrifying to me. That's that that seems like it's going to be the wave of the future, and it te- it's scary as fuck. See, have yeah, they I... changed it? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sam. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, when when you first said this, I thought it was more like, God, that doesn't sound much better. I thought it was like an auction for like, okay, I've got. <laughs> this isn't better. This isn't better. I know. I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, wait, that's worse. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. But I thought it was like, let's say you've got like the top three students in a class, and people can invest on oh, which one is gonna do good, like by giving them a job or helping them go somewhere for a career. That's what I thought we were going. Yeah, I can this. just see it now, <sighs> where it's like, first kid comes up and it's like, all right, he's planning to go to you know Caltech for let's go engineering, and people are like. Waving their cards up like, oh, 10,000, 10,000, 20,000. And the next one, it's like, oh, they're planning to go to Yale on an anthropology degree. And everyone's just silent. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is these human investment things are like, they're only going to take certain majors. Like, they're not going to take any English majors, no fucking theater majors. Yeah, they're taking probably just engineering, like math, STEM, basically. Exactly. And we can make all the jokes we want about how STEM majors and versus fucking uh, liberal arts, whatever. But society still needs people who understand the liberal arts. Like, it's going to be necessary to have a fully robust, functioning society. You can't just have engineers forever. Yeah, and that's where it kind of gets down to, like... Yeah, like what you said, pe- pe- there will there will be a need for the, the social studies, liberal arts, you know, whatever, whatever moniker you want to give them. Um... Because you know, if, if you look through history, they're the way they're pretty much the way that uh, civilizations get established, and the way that civilizations get passed on is having these things. And it all comes back to you know one of the idea, one of the tenets of you know communism and like the, the universal basic income issue is, you know, if people are taken care of, then you can follow your passions. You can have these people who are the you know doing liberal arts and are doing something that is actually important. 
and not have this incredible burden on them to do something else because they can't pay for their goddamn rent. Exactly. It's the realization of of what right-wingers say they want, which is like his opportunity of, of uh, or equality of opportunity. That's only going to be possible under a system where your basic needs are met. Because if they're not, there's going to be people who struggle, and those people are not having equal access to opportunity in that case. Yeah. And struggling through issues and situations not within their control, you know? Um, yeah. I also want to say one more thing about Joel Pavelski or Pavelski or whatever here. Yeah, let me is he made a follow-up tweet where it says he was deleting his original tweet because it got so much hate. Um, but he wanted to say that uh, he made sacrifices to graduate with no debt. And somebody dug up in the comments and was like, dude, you got a full fucking ride to the school you went to. And it says so right here on your own like uh, uh, like resume you wrote. Like, it's like, I got a full scholarship. <laughs> wow. Uh... So this fucker didn't sacrifice a goddamn thing for for his education. Yeah, that's one thing. That's one thing you'll realize. Like, and there's a lot of things I love. There's a lot of like you know like journalists I like to follow and I read their stuff and like podcasters and you know just different people like you like in the industry who like you're like oh man I bet you know I bet they have I bet they're like scraping by on pennies because you know there's no way they make a lot of money and you find out that everyone just has rich parents. Yeah. Even the cool, down-to-earth people who you read on the internet or listen to, they all have rich parents. That's the only reason, that's the only reason they're able to do the stuff they do is because they have rich parents. Yeah, nobody's getting by on what our parents make, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure so. same, same thing goes for you too, Marcus. Oh, yeah. And what's hilarious, can, while we're speaking of rich parents, the whole uh, controversy with the uh, rich parents... Like bribing their kids into good schools. Oh yeah, yeah the Lori Loughlin <laughs> discussion. That's um, that's so crazy to me. Like, cause I know like half the kids don't really give a shit about school. They're already fucking rich. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious how like they they pretty much just use. Um, I, I don't want to sound like one of those like uh, rich kids or popular kids. Blah blah blah. But like they use they just go to school to to party. Or to just, you know, do it, just have something to do for four years so they can just pretend like they've accomplished something in life when they haven't. And it's so funny because, like, to me, it's like, if I heard that Lori Laughlin was spending $80,000 to get her daughter into, like, Yale, I'd be like, that makes sense. But she spent that much money to get her into University of South Carolina. Which, it is, a hey, it is a private school, and it is expensive, and they, they oh, are, God. like, kind of prestigious. They do have, like, you know, they have good scores to get and everything. But it's not that great of a school. And if you're just going to school just to go to school, go fucking anywhere. You can go into so many places that aren't even going to ask you to bribe them. Yeah, and like the craziest thing is like whether the kids know about it or not, they don't. They don't care, and they don't need it, so they're not going to take it seriously. They're they're taking someone's spot who could actually use that to better their lives. Yes, during the time when Lori Loughlin got. Um, uh, exposed for paying for her stu- her daughter's uh, acceptance in a USC. Her daughter was on a yacht with the I can't remember, I think oh, he's the president of the athletic uh, athletic society at USC. Yes, this is a true story. <laughs> she, is that the one, our... Is that the, the girl whose name is Olivia Jade? Yes, she's a social influencer. No, yeah, yeah, it's her. Ooh. 
Dude. Yes. The thing where they did, like, the day, the day after she got into school, they did a photo shoot in her dorm room or whatever, and it yeah. has her initials OJ behind her. <laughs> I was like, did we not plan this out in advance before she was born? Because I'm sorry, but, but you cannot have the initials OJ anymore. You just can't. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And she made a video literally where she talks about college, and she's like, oh, yeah, I don't really care about going to college. Yeah. They they made this. It's not, she's she's literally a social influencer, which means a person who has rich parents who post on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. and she's That's probably getting money from that. Means. Yeah, it's like, and, and also she paid eighty thousand dollars to send her to a, a school in the third most racist state in America. Great job, fantastic, Lori Laughlin. Yeah, doing, doing a great job down here. And I can't even remember who all else got exposed. There was a bunch of people who got exposed for that. I mean, was but, it? Is it? Is it her husband William H Macy, and he was involved too? Is he? Yeah, he's married to one of the main women in the whole thing, and he's on the phone mm. like making these deals as well. Mm. Damn, William H Macy cashing in that shameless paycheck. <laughs> um, I think Lauren yeah, Love was going crazy. to jail, isn't she? Yeah, apparently she's she's actually gonna she might actually face jail time. But by the way, first of all, Lori Laughlin. Full house money is apparently amazing. Apparently. Because not, not only can she bribe a school with, like, you know, almost $100,000, but on the day that all this got, all this happened, she got, she got you know, um, arrested. Um, they had to post bail for $1 million, and she did. The wow. next day, posted a $1 million of bail. Wow. Damn. Full house money is fucking still coming the, in. The question is, what did she do with that full house money? Because you know, yeah, I, must, I, I hope she wasn't stupid with it. But, yeah, she must know, lock it away because she, yeah. she's got enough money to bribe colleges. So. She's got a million dollars just laying around. And how many people in America are sitting in jail right now because they can't pay their bail for for small petty crimes? Yeah, and she Too can get many. out with nothing for a million dollars that. Apparently, it doesn't even put a dent in her account. So, yeah, it's so, fucked up. So, speaking of people who have names they shouldn't have, yes, uh, for various reasons, I want to talk about the new up and comer in the Democratic lineup of people running for president, and that is Mr. Pete B- Booty Booty Judge. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Booty I'm sorry. Judge. That's his name. That's how he says it's pronounced. <laughs> It's either a booty judge or booty judge. I think it's booty judge. I just call him butt. He's Pete Butt. Um, he's running for president, and he is truly terrible. What do y'all know about Pete, Mayor Pete? That I just, same I just last name. he was a Democratic person today. Marcus, you don't give a grasp on Pete Butt. Yeah, isn't he like? Isn't he like gay and young and a lot of just other? Shining medals for him to be like a Democratic candidate. Oh yeah, he's gay. He's thirty-seven. He was in the military. He joined the military, by the way, as a twenty-nine-year-old financially solvent adult. He's a goddamn psychopath, and oh. he. Uh, I think he's I mean, he's mayor of, of the third biggest town in Indiana. Great job, buddy. Fantastic. You're gonna you're ready for the president. Oh, Third biggest town in America. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> <Nope>. Indiana. <laughs> Just Indiana. 
And so he is like this like big, smiling, dumb fucker who wants to be president, and everyone's lining up to suck him off because of his... I don't know what he's got. Like, I'm not sure what is... Oh, he can speak seven languages. First of all, oh. no, you can't. You can't actually speak languages. Fuck off. Like, if you had said three or four, I would have bought it. Seven? Uh-uh. Not happening. Nah, some of those are... Some, some of, you can't ha- speak like fucking Elfish from fucking Lord of the Ring. <laughs> I don't know. Klingon, and Farsi. Like, great job. But here's Klingon count, though? Here's the yes. thing. America is never going to elect a gay man with the last name Butt from a town called South Bend. We used our one funny name president voucher on Barack Hussein, the Islamic shock, Super Allah Obama, and we are not going to do it again. <laughs> a man who was born in Kenyatown, Kenya. In the beating heart of Africa. Like, that's it's not going to happen anymore. Like, we can't do it. Yeah. So, what is what is a uh, what's Butt Judge's deal? Uh, all right. Well, he's a centrist Democrat, first of all, who is great skept- skeptical of things like Medicare for for all. He's he doesn't want to cancel student debt. Um, he, I mean, he makes his the fact that he's gay a big part of his of his uh, uh, platform. Yes. But he wants to have what he calls a peace deal between gay people and Chick Fil A. Wow. That really is the hot button issue, isn't it? Oh boy. Like, Chick fil A can make a goddamn good chicken sandwich. I will never spend money there again. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, I can do without the sandwiches. I'm yeah, gonna survive. You're, you are a much stronger man than I. And I. I I've, was there yesterday. Exactly. Damn. I've never stopped going to Chick fil A. I'm sorry. I it's hate okay. the politics. But the thing is, the thing is, though, yes, Chick fil A did something really stupid and they're a corporation run by awful people but if you look into any fast food restaurant you eat at they're all owned by terrible people who do awful things including my absolute favorite wendy's people can talk about dave thomas being great all they want but they still source their tomatoes from like fucking slaves in like bosnia or something they literally do that's not a joke yeah, I know. Wow. So, fuck Dave Thomas, fuck Wendy's, but I, I literally just ate a bacon double stack right before <laughs> this. So. But, but, but to continue on Pete Butt, he, yes. or Butt Chug, as some people like to call him, which is a pretty yeah, good name. Yeah, Butt Chug. Uh-huh. Butt Chug is great. Although, you can, looking at him, you can tell he's never Butt Chugged in this life. Oh, no, of course not. He's, he's the <laughs> squarest man to have ever lived. Except for the fact that he liked to kill four-year-old children overseas. Um... He, he was the mayor of South Bend, still is. He was, at one point, there was a scandal under him where uh, the police chief reported, the first ever black police chief in South Bend history reported, uh, recorded officers using the N-word and other racial slurs, gave it to Pete Butt, and Pete Butt demoted him. Okay. Um... As mayor, he has heavily uh, funded and helped out uh, the city inspector's office, which he uses to uh, help his landlord buddies go in and kick people out of their apartments so they can raise the rents on the, on the new tenants. Damn, that is just <sighs> delightful. That's and the Democrats are in love with he, He's gone from polling at 1% to polling at 15%. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think he's another flash in the pan. Yeah, he's probably another Beto, but I mean... 
Yeah. Or you know what? I'm not calling him Beto anymore. His name's Robert. I'm calling him by his Christian name, Robert. Also, and he's... <laughs> go ahead. I got I got a bone to pick with Beto O'Rourke real quick. Okay. So he he did the whole Beto thing because he wants people to somehow think that he's Hispanic, correct? Mm-hmm. There are no I don't know a Hispanic person named Beto. There's Roberto. I don't know anyone named Beto. Is that a, is that an actual name? Is that a thing? I've never heard it. Exactly. So I don't even understand his branding. Like, I mean, his name is Robert. Go with Roberto <laughs> if that's your thing. Like, if you're honestly going to push it, push it that far. I don't understand. I mean, that saying your name is Beto makes you less Hispanic than Ted Cruz. <laughs> like, I don't even get his what his game was with all of that. And his last name is O'Rourke. Yes, which is, I mean, obviously a tra- traditional Hispanic name that's uh, been passed down since uh, the first days of España. <laughs> I mean, I, what do you even say to this? Like, I mean, it, uh, I don't know. It's ridiculous. But yeah, Beto is like, down. He sucks. I feel like Butt Chug is going to pull around the same as Corey Brewer by the end of this, like, probably three months. Oh, who was that now? Corey Brewer, is that his Corey, name? Corey Booker. Booker, yes. Yeah. Corey Brewer is somebody else. But yeah, Corey Booker, this is the saddest man to ever exist. Yeah, let's not um, forget the fact that he made up a gangster named T-Bone that was, gonna, that, that was supposed to be his best friend. What? He made that up? Yeah, that wasn't real. <laughs> he was like, I got, I got, I got uh, street cred. I got a friend named T-Bone. Yes, and then every man in the world with the nickname T-Bone came forward and said, I've never met this man before in my life. <laughs> That's how they confirmed it. Alright, um, I, I am actually looking for something. Okay, y'all, I've got to fucking say something to you all. I gotta, I gotta read it. This has gotta be known. Tell me. Oh my god. Okay, so... Everyone knows Joe Biden. Yep. I assume yeah. that everybody hates Joe Biden, but I'm sure former, there are plenty of people who don't. Uh, yeah, former for vice president reason. of the United States of America. Um, was very was uh, crafted a beloved character named Uncle Joe while he was in office. Um, kind of skated by on being, being kind of like a dumb guy, but we all liked him because he was in charge or something. I don't. He he crafted a really interesting character that. Worked pretty well for him while Obama was in office. But ever since then, people have kind of soured on the guy because he is uh, a creep and pretty fucking awful. Uh, yeah. I can't find... Hold on. I, I'm going to find the story. I, I got to read it to you guys. I want you to read it verbatim. It's oh, a, yes, please. Here we go. All right. Now I've got it. Oh, it's the goddamn Washington Post. Fuck you and your ad blocker bullshit. Um, y'all seen this shit? You gotta fucking do all yeah, cause like they want me to fucking pay to read the news, which is just another barrier. People who you know don't have disposable income to spend on fucking reading a website, fucking can't even see the news anymore. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, come on. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, so this is a story that Joe Biden tells, tells about working at a, uh, a, a swimming pool in a black neighborhood when he was young. Okay. Oh, boy. I'm starting expecting... Off, starting off real great here. Expecting <laughs> something very sensitive and uplifting. Here we go. Early in the summer, a gang that called itself the Romans frequented the pool. One of the gang members, nicknamed Corn Pop, 
was bouncing relentlessly on the high diving board, which is expressly against the rules. Biden wanted to show that he wasn't an easy mark. Whistled so he shot pop. him. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, it's way better than that, Seth. He whistled at Corn Pop and yelled, Esther Williams, get off the board, man. You're out of here. Now, do we, do we get the reference? Y'all? Like, we know like, Esther like an is? umpire? No. Is Esther Williams a baseball I was about to say, is he a baseball player? Esther Williams was a 1950s swimmer and actress best known for aquatic set pieces. And the joke was likely meant to be somewhat emasculating. And everyone clapped and laughed. It's going sure. to get so much better than that, Seth. The other lifeguards pointed out his mistake, though, telling him that Corn Pop would likely be waiting for Biden to walk to his car at the end of the day, and Corn Pop would be carry- probably be carrying his weapon of choice, a straight razor. Biden wanted to call the police, but Wright stopped him. If he did that, he'd never be allowed back in the community. So Biden did as his friend suggested and wrapped a six-foot length of metal chain around his arm, which he then wrapped in a towel. Corn Pop indeed approached Biden, who said, You might cut me, Corn Pop, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head before I do, or before you do. (laughs) So that's what he said, (sighs) y'all. But he also said loudly for all to hear, I owe you an apology. I should never have called you Esther Williams. That was wrong. And in front of all your friends, I sincerely apologize. But if you bounce on the board like that again, I'm still going to throw you out. The two, quote, put our weapons away and we ended up being friends. Corn Pop and the Romans looked out for me for the rest of the summer. Okay, a couple of questions. <laughs> One, do you guys think that uh, that Biden has ever talked to a black person not named Obama? No. Ever. Definitely okay. not. <laughs> two, two, do you think this gang exists? Fuck no. The no? Romans? No? Okay. The name and, Corn Pop might be a thing, but the Romans, no. And, and three... What are the what's likelihood we're gonna ever gonna hear testimony from Corn Pop? The Corn Pop was probably killed by the cops thirty years ago. What are you talking about? Oh, That's man. true, but I don't know. For, I mean, what an what a lame old like Clint Eastwood type story. That's like the fucking. That's like literally the kind of like Gran Torino shit that Grant, that um, Clint Eastwood would jerk off to. Oh, yeah, pretty much. You know, a, a crotchety white man proves himself to black people. Like, fuck off, man. You didn't do this shit. Don't, yeah, don't front. I'll tell you something. And the thing is, even even while doing this, he is still he's still supporting the, the idea that, oh, I have to say that black people like me because everyone knows black people are cooler, and therefore them respecting me makes me cooler. But while also undermining them at all points, it's the same thing. Like when you see a guy with a Confederate flag listening to a Snoop Dogg song, it's the same no. kind of scenario. Lord, it's a racist person who knows that that uh, that who has this uh, this notion that just because someone is black that they're cooler and black culture is cooler, and so they want to be a part of it, but also want to undermine black people at all times. This is what happened to Old Town Road. What happened to Old Town Road? They kicked it off the country charts. They did. They because did. They were like, oh, this isn't country. Yes. 
And I gotta say, I'm, I did not know this song was ever gonna help on our podcast, but that song is amazing. It really, it really it's is. Great. Anyone who says they don't like that song doesn't fucking like music, okay? I don't like country music, but that song is incredible. I listened mm-hmm. to it eight times in a row on my car ride yesterday. It's fucking great. And fuck anyone who says that it's not whatever genre they say it is. Because you can't just declare that yourself. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be reminded that um, uh, the rapper Nelly, you know, back in the day, got his country music award. (laughs) And I was so proud of him. I was just like, good job, man. You got in there. Now they they don't want it to happen again. We've seen what happened last time that it ha- this went down. <laughs> yes, we created international megastar <sighs> Nelly. Oh, we, no, it resulted <sighs> in that awful, awful theme song for the show Justified. Oh, that's true. What a great show, my, oh, my terrible theme song. <laughs> I will say this. As the, probably the one person here who does like country music... Uh, Old Town Road fucking rules. It's a great you don't country like song. country music. I do like country music. You like older country music. Well, yeah, but that's, that's country music. This new Which corporate basic, shit ain't real. Yeah, no, that, like, I know. But to me, older country music is like more akin to something like Leonard Skinner, which is like in the Southern Rock category. But I mean, I they, like shit like Hank Williams Sr. Yeah, I, that's, that's pretty good. I'll say that. But yeah, usually when I say country these days, I mean like... You know the new factory-made country stuff. Do you mean like eat. like Florida Georgia Line or fucking yes, something like, like Travis Tritt shit? Yeah, like uh, what's that guy from Australia? Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Like that, His name is Urban. Guy. How can he be a country <laughs> singer? His name is literally. Urban. It's like no one's even paying attention. Like, hey, if you want to be a country star, just make your nom de plume Keith Rural. I mean, <laughs> I'd buy that, but Keith Urban not gonna happen. Hi, my name is uh, uh, Tom Flame. I work for the water company. No, fuck off. You don't. <laughs> Tom Flame. <laughs> Dude, Tom Flame can do literally fucking anything with a name like that. <laughs> Tom Flame? <laughs> I, yeah, get, you're right. Tom Flame can do anything. He's basically invincible. <laughs> do literally anything. Um, also, I assure you, I'm sure you guys all saw this thing where Joe Biden said that uh, Paul Ryan was right to cut Social Security and Medicare. What a what what is a better picture of fucking upper class white privilege than Paul Ryan being retired at like what is he eighteen? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's at least twenty one, sir. Okay. Bring fuck it. that guy. And yeah, fucking like I don't understand why like I, Joe Biden could have coasted off of his insane image that I talked about earlier. But instead, he is just, he's making himself actively the least votable or least electable person running right now. Yeah, it's like, he could have just said, like, oh, I was Obama's best friend and gone with that. And, (laughs) I mean, dude, the establishment is a very powerful thing and a lot of libs want to go back to the Obama years. And you want to know why Joe Biden doesn't care about Social Security being cut? Because he's already set. His social security, his retirement package is fucking baller. He doesn't care about Medicare because that's also taken care of for the rest of his life. Yeah. So what the fuck does he care if people like us don't have a future? He doesn't want us to have one. Nah, Joe Biden is, he is the, he is the embodiment of the devil cracker nation. 
That's what he is. Like, he is 100% straight from hell. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah, and I say this with complete sincerity. He is the human version of Gutter Trash. He's going to announce on Wednesday, probably, and do a, a, an announcement rally in Pittsburgh. And that's going to be, he's, he's going in. Is that where he's from? I don't think so. I don't know where he's from. But yeah, he's going to announce, and hopefully he's going to fucking crater like he did the last two times he ran for president, <laughs> and we won't have to deal with him anymore. Because right yeah, now, I like how. Go ahead. I like how you made that like dumb bid to try and get Stacey Abrams on his ticket, and she was like, "Yeah, no, thank you." Yeah, that was that was smart on her part. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like, because he's the only person in the polls that's even coming close to Bernie Sanders. Um, so if he's gone, uh, that'll put Bernie in a clear, a clear lead. So I'm hoping that he just gets fucking insta-owned. About all the crazy yeah. shit he said. Yeah, he's not able, I mean, I know that, sadly, Americans don't kind of care about this, but he can't out-debate Bernie Sanders, or he probably can't even out-debate butt-chug. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, we'll see how, we'll, we will see how much his image of the, the Obama... Um, era keeps him afloat in this. I saw where he said that he had no sympathy for millennials. He said, I worked hard and I made it. He comes from a millionaire yeah. family. Yes, and even if he didn't, he lived in a time where it was much easier to work hard and make it. Yeah. Because he he literally, and this I'm not making this up, he was born in 1742. <laughs> so, he, he really had a lot of time to get where he is. Uh, Marcus, what's your opinion on Joe Biden? I don't think you've ever said that before. Um, okay, so, as you both know, I am incredibly, I was incredibly moderate when it came to politics, because, you know, yes. things were alright, things were fine, uh, until, you know, 2016, where everything came crumbling down, and, you know, they put crazy people in the office, so I feel like, okay, I have to start paying attention now. So... Thanks to you guys, and also, you know, me just being more aware that the government doesn't give two shits about us at all. It's it's just hard, especially when the people who are supposedly on your side also don't give a shit about you. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just... Uh, I feel like it's been too long for us like trusting the government and our representatives to do what they're supposed to do I honestly think we should just you know, do it ourselves like honestly we all just need to group together get our money and just take what we can before things get really bad yes what is your opinion on Joe Biden fuck Joe Biden okay cool I love that Marcus has decided that his tendency is anarchist. I'm so down with this. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, like, what what better option do you have? Like, you've tried trusting, you know, you know, Facebook. Uh, no, that didn't work out. Didn't you tried O'Rourke? You tried whoever. But you know, every time you play, you still lose because none Facebook? of them. I don't know. Just random oh, okay. politician name. Okay, cool. <laughs> You can put whoever you want in Facebook category. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've now but. converted two people on this podcast. <laughs> so, 
Well, for the, I, I, I still believe in a strong, centralized state to help us get through climate change. And once we've beaten that problem, we can start to be like, all right, we can decentralize certain things. But until then, we're going to have to band together uh, and not just in like small collectives. We're going to have to fucking seize power and and wield it in such a way as to save the fucking planet from what we've done. Yeah. And once we've solved that problem, then we can work on the whole idea of uh, of uh, our little communes or whatever living together. But but y'all, shit's getting bad. Like it's rough out there. I don't see why the Futurama plan wouldn't work of just pushing ourselves farther from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it get really cold really quickly. Uh, I mean, not that much farther, just, you know, a little bit, so we're, like, safe from it for a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but, so, here, here's the thing, too, is <laughs> we're going to have to, like, really work at, like, carbon sequestration technology, and like, we're going to have to abandon vast swaths of territory. Like, where me and you grew up, Seth, is not going to be viable to live in. Like, it's just not. We're going to move yeah. forward to the cities, and just get rid of cars entirely. Like gasoline's gotta go. We gotta build trains that run off of green you know, renewable power because all these fossil fuels cannot. We just the life can't be sustained. Like this it can't. It can't yeah. be done. So Marcus, I'm with you. We need to. We need to band together and we need to find solutions to these problems because the government is not going to help us. Yeah. What we're gonna have to do though is seize control of, of the government and uh, and turn it into something that will help us. And that's not going to come. It's, I mean, voting is going to help, I think, in some ways, but it is not going to be the only answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. American uh, Revolution. It's about time. I mean, we joke, but it's like <laughs> it's kind of getting closer and closer, y'all. Yeah. A little bit scary. Real, you, you, that's really it's your thing right now. Is how scared we should all be. I'm hopeful. I'm scared and hopeful at the same time. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to live in neoliberal hell world. If I'm going to get killed by a fucking Nazi or the cops, let's just fucking go ahead and do it. Like, let's do this shit. I agree. Let's go down swinging. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my thought. Seth, you got any, uh, you got any thoughts on, uh, situation. I got, a, I got a question for you, actually. Yes, hit me. What's up with the guy throwing a crab at Hungrybox? <laughs> oh, man. I, I want to just take that sentence you just said and put it in a time capsule and send it back 15 years. Oh, <laughs> to see if anyone knows what it could mean. <laughs> be like, this is, be like, just put on a wall, but this is the key to fossil fuel ratification. This sentence right here. You gotta figure it out, though. Um... Yeah, so Hungrybox is a Super Smash Brothers melee player. Uh, he's been in the scene for a long, long time. Um, he, for a long time, he was kind of a joke because he was like, he was kind of like a top five, top ten player, but he could never really crack into the top. He could never be the best player. And then for the past two years, he's been pretty much dominating the game. He's been that like, number one at pretty much every tournament for a long time. Um, People don't like him because he plays uh, Jigglypuff, who is a very slow-down-the-game kind of a character and just run, basically run the clock down, play really safe, and just use a bunch of gimmicks to win. And people don't really like that so much as you know, they like faster characters like Marth and Fox and uh, Pikachu, who are like really fun to watch. And, and Lucina! Well, uh, Melee. Oh, right. Fuck. Um, 
and so people uh there's been lots of like I'm not a big fan of the guy just as as a play style, but I don't hate him. For people at tournaments lately have been just yelling out "fuck you Hbox, go home Hbox, Hbox sucks." And then a tournament um, last night, I can't remember which, what I think it was Paragon. Um, they yeah somebody uh, threw a crab at him because of like, how much they don't like like him. a live crab. I don't actually know if it was live or not. I, I didn't know it was live. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine it would be because I'm pretty. I think that was. Uh, I think the tournament was in like Boston or something, so I can imagine. Yeah, I feel like some... you get maximum damage throwing a live crab at somebody. Yeah, so yeah, people are uh, people are very nasty to this guy just because they don't like the way that he plays, uh, because people people just can't seem to play around it right now. Um, some players are even like quitting melee because they don't like um, the. Uh, how how hard it is to play against Hbox's puff, and yeah, so people are just getting really uh getting really mean to this guy just because he's uh he's the best in the world right now. So it kind of sucks because you know he 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 worked he the man literally worked for twelve straight years eating shit from every other player to finally like become what he is now, and now that he's like good, people hate him. So it, it kind of sucks for him, but I mean I guess that's the the world we live in. That's the world he's entered is the cutthroat. Dangerous live wire, Super Smash Brothers melee competitive scene. I just I thought that the crab had some kind of like symbolism, but it is not. It just it just, just tossed the crab at him is what they had. Yeah, no, people just don't like him. Wow, that's to get a crab throw at you. You must be a fucking badass of some sort. No, people did, just don't like Jigglypuff. They don't like that he plays Jigglypuff. Did Hungrybox eat the crab? That would be the coolest move ever if they threw a live crab at him and he ate it. <laughs> I think after that, that would end all Xbox <laughs> hate forever, and we would all bow down and <laughs> crown him under king. <laughs> He'd be carried out on, his, on people's shoulders like like king of the fucking Smash players. Yes, we would be like, we're sorry for everything we've said. Although, speaking of fighting game communities being terrible, have you guys seen uh, the, 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 the fucking Mortal Kombat 11 shit? No, no. What's going on there? First of all, they're blaming socialists for the women in the game not being sexy. Oh man! I'm sorry. What? They're blaming you socialists. Know what? Go ahead. You know what? I'll take blame for that. That was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Seth! What did you do to the yeah, hot I'm, women? I'm sorry. I took, I took the hot women out. That's my bad. You were talking to the other realm, and you were like, "No sexy ladies. None. Get them out of like, here." Hey guys, I was like, hey guys, let's just tone it down a little bit. Let's just all be cool. And they're like, "Hey, you know that sounds like a good idea." Did not work out. But then, here's the thing people are really fucking mad about, is Jax's ending in the game. Y'all heard about this? His, his fatality no. or like his end to his, his story? His story end. No, what happens to Jax? So, uh, apparently at the end of the game, everyone uh, beats the time travel god, and they get and that each person who wins gets a time travel power to go back and do stuff. And mm-hmm. Jax decides to go back and fix his problems in life. And to do this... He tries multiple times and eventually comes to the conclusion that the way to fix all of his problems is to fix slavery. So he goes back in time and he, he stops the, the, the slave trade from happening. He kills slavery in its, in its crib. And the last thing is like him and his wife and daughter and they're happy in front of this like what, like Afro-futurist city. And the, and the voiceover says, and the world was better for everyone. And gamers have lost their fucking minds. What? Oh my god, why though? 
They're furious, man. They're so mad. How he dare you the, end slavery? Yeah, he stopped the biggest human atrocity of all time. The what video, a fucking asshole. The video was literally titled, Mortal Kombat 11 Promotes White Genocide. Wow. You know what I say? Hell yes, it does. Yeah, good job. Good job, Mortal Kombat 11. Yes. Star Wars The Force Awakens and Mortal Kombat 11. The two signs that white people are done. It's like, and the thing is, it's I watched the ending, okay? It's like, it doesn't even mention white people at all. It just says the world's better for everyone. That's even worse. They don't even mention us after all we've done. <laughs> all the crimes well, All they didn't get to do. Mm, take that. It's like, it's like it, this is this this is this offends no one. This is saying he literally improved the entire world, and they're like, "Well, did he stop the Armenian genocide? Did he did he did he uh, end the Holocaust?" It's like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. So people, people are mad that the man ended slavery. Yeah, people. I mean, people also got mad that Black Panther was a black man. So you know, <laughs> was just the fact that he Panther? was black. Oh my god. Like, Wakanda could have been entirely white people, and he, just him being the Black Panther, and people would have still hated the movie because he was black. Yeah. <sighs> Why? Why? And I've also looked at the female character models in Mortal Kombat 11. They're still sexy, trust me. There's nothing. Yeah. They, they, just, right. they, they, they just don't have exposed midriffs all the time now. Exactly. Yeah, a similar thing happened to, uh, what was it, Dead or Alive 6? Oh yeah, I didn't hear about this. Well, yeah, damn, that's their whole market. Yeah, but like they're still like very attractive. They just have like more con. What was it? More um, conservative clothes, I guess. Like they still got like leather and zippers and whatever. But the, you know. the hallmarks of conservative clothes. <laughs> right. um. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> God, I'm getting hot here. Think about leather and zippers. Come on, move on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, it's just like more gamers complain about bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. Let it go. I don't even man. tell people I play video games anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed <laughs> to play video games these days. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's yeah. like. Because oh, apparently, no. just playing video games apparently turns you into a massive racist. So it's just like, yeah, I think I'll just, I'll just stick to other stuff. I'll read and books. And the thing is, it goes into, like, every single game. Because I remember back when I was playing Stellaris, when it first came out, one of the most popular mods in the Steam Workshop was one that removed all non-white humans from the human yep. skins. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. they, was, they, they literally don't want to see black people. It was literally titled Pure Humanity. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Christ. That is quite the thing to say. <sighs> and it's just like, this was this was way before the alt-right, before all that shit happened, and I was like, god damn, the world's really going downhill, isn't it? And now I'm like, oh god, it got worse. It got so much worse. <laughs> yeah. People who, people didn't, uh, good sense did not reign, and that is why we're going to have to do a lot of murder. <laughs> like, no way around it. I think that's a, a good note to end the podcast on that's a good point yeah uh all right well i've been smith you can find me on twitter at mc surf i'm seth i'm on twitter at life of seth i'm marcus you can find me at mr beaches on instagram 
the show now has a Twitter account um, at Illenials Pod. Um, so go there to eventually start seeing some content when I start posting stuff. Nice, nice. Um, our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a former guest on the show. Um, you can check out his episodes if you want. He also has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling and they're both from the South. If that sounds interesting, uh, go check it out. Uh, who does our art, Marcus? Um, I, I did our, I did our art. <laughs> Such confidence you said that with. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. I wasn't expecting it. My my whole my whole being was just like, wait, this is new. Uh oh. <laughs> it, it just feels weird that I keep saying our art was done by you. It's like, all right, Mark, it's time for you to say you do the art. Uh, well, let me do it one more time. Okay. I did the art for the Illenials podcast. All right. Mm-hmm. So just edit out when you said it and just splice that in. <laughs> Will do. Um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Fuck. Kevin Durant, Tom Brady, and the film First Reformed. I love you guys so much. Wow. We love you too. We've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York. That's the Daniels Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Peace.